Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 43 of the Money Love Podcast. I am excited to talk to you today about one of my favorite game-changing concepts that I teach to my students and clients, which is the concept of having a priority for your money. This is something that once my clients and my students start implementing into their financial plan, I get such great feedback. And they'll tell me, like, I love having this structure and this order with my money. It really is helping me see things so much more clearly now. And it also helps me answer the ever common question that I get of how much should I be spending on X, Y, and Z? Or another variation of that question that I get a lot, which is also, is it okay that I'm spending X amount on a certain budget category each month? When you implement what I'm going to teach you in this episode, there's really no need to guess or have any confusion about that because the priorities will essentially answer that question for you. The honest truth is that most people do not have a plan for their money. Money is constantly flowing in and it's flowing out. And for a lot of people, there is zero transparency and zero planning into where their money is going to go and the purpose that it's going to serve in the execution of their overall financial plan. Now, before we dive into this topic, I do want to call out this trend. And I'm doing air quotes with trend. I hope it's a trend, but it's this message that is becoming really hot in the financial space. Maybe you've seen it or noticed it from other bigger financial influencers than me. Maybe you haven't. But to me, it sounds like the financial advice that is getting louder and louder in this space is the notion of, don't worry. You don't need to have a plan for your money. You don't need to budget because budgeting is too hard. It's too confusing. It's too cumbersome. And I want to challenge that notion and just make my position very clear and say that I do not agree with that at all. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that just want to tell you the path to take that might not be the most effective or beneficial to you, but by God, it's easy. And isn't that the most important thing, right? Like this goes back to the conversation in the episode about instant versus delayed gratification how we are living in an era of cutting out the work, cutting out the discomfort, cutting out the thinking, the challenge, the waiting, the struggle, and just go down the path of least resistance, even if it's the path that leaves you worse off than the path that might be more challenging and time-consuming, but better off for you long-term. I just think that your money is too important. It is such a huge piece of your overall life puzzle just to set it and forget it, just to manage it by generalities. You need a plan for your money. Call that what you want. Call it budgeting. If you don't like the term budgeting because it just has a negative connotation in your mind, call it your spending plan. Call it your money map. I don't care what you call it. It doesn't matter. But what I'm trying to tell you is you have to have a plan for your money. You just do. And you also need to know that in the beginning, it's not going to be a cakewalk. I'm going to be so honest with you about this. There are going to be knowledge and skill gaps that you don't have that will need to be filled. You are going to have to dedicate time to figuring it out 
And you will also need to be committed to go through the discomfort and the frustration and the confusion before automatically throwing in the towel and chalking it up to, oh, it's the system. It's just not working for me. I hear this all the time. And what I do for myself when I catch myself saying that and when I catch my mind going there, which it does, it's just natural for our minds to go there, place blame outside of ourselves. But when I catch my mind going there, I remind myself, no, it's not the it that's not working. It's me that's not working. It's my mind that is being mismanaged in some way about this process. So then I have to evaluate, okay, what are the thoughts that I'm having about this? What were my expectations coming into this? And is this simply a situation where the reality isn't aligning with my expectations? Why am I fighting so hard against the discomfort and the confusion? Why am I not allowing myself to feel those things? I do not believe that you can be successful with your financial plan and your financial goals without having a plan for your money. To me, that is the equivalent of getting in your car in Houston, Texas and going, well, I know I need to get to Los Angeles. I know I need to drive there. That's where I need to head and that's where I need to end up. But I don't have a map. I don't have a GPS. I don't really have directions at all whatsoever. I mean, I know I need to head west generally, but I'm not sure which exact highways I need to take, for how long I need to be on those highways, what exit I need to get off of. The details matter, you guys. Making a plan that is specific and measurable and where you are tracking your progress, it all matters. And it makes a big difference. That is the difference between you actually ending up at your exact destination in Los Angeles versus you ending up in Arizona or New Mexico, where you made some progress getting west, but you didn't even end up in the same state that you were initially shooting for. It's so funny with money because We do have specific and detailed plans for so many other areas of our life. But then when it comes to money, one of the most important resources that we have at our disposal, we're like, oh, no, 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 this is too hard. It's too time consuming. I don't need to work that hard at it. I've told you in a past episode that a lot of people feel very entitled to have a sense of ease and confidence around money. None of us are guaranteed or entitled to feeling confident around money without having to do the work that it's necessary to get there. So let's just all make a commitment right now that we are willing to do the hard work that it takes to develop a clear path around our money. And making a priority of our money is a component to that. Now, I do want to say if this is a topic that you really want to dive into further, I also recommend you listening to episodes five and six of the podcast which are all about budgeting. And I will say in episode six, I talk about this priority that we're going to be going through today briefly and at a very high level. But today, we're really going to dive deep into it. So let's start here. There are certain expenses with our finances that are more important and take priority over others. For instance, to most of us, being able to pay our mortgage and have shelter and a roof over our head is a lot more important to us than being able to buy a new eyeshadow palette. Now, sure, is it fun and does it feel good to buy the new eyeshadow palette? Yes, of course. But really looking at our hierarchy of human needs and desires, there are certain things that are more important that our money will go to first and then second and third and so on. Now, again, most people intellectually know this. 
but they don't plan or organize or manage their finances in a way that reflects this priority. So what happens is when you're not paying attention to what's going on and you also have no priority or no organization for your money, money tends to get spent first on things that are towards the bottom of the priority list because those are the items that feel best to our caveman brains to spend money on. These are the items that provide us with a sense of novelty and excitement. I think we can all agree that, for example, it feels more exciting and entertaining to buy the new skincare routine that you've been dying to try versus paying your electric bill. So what a lot of us do is we spend our money on what feels best to our brains, on the more novelty items, which are really at the bottom of our priority list. But then we put ourselves in situations where we're like, well, crap, I thought I was going to be okay. But now I realize I don't even have enough money to pay off my credit card bill in full. Or crap, I can't make my student loan payment this month. Or even in some cases, it's like crap, I don't have enough money to pay my rent or my water bill or phone bill. When we prioritize our money, though, and we say, okay, my money is going to go here first, then here, then here, so on and so forth, then you're never in a position like that. You're never in a position where you can't pay for what's most important because a good chunk of your money has been spent on things that are not as important. And this is why we do this. This is why we have a priority for our money. We take care of the most important parts of us first, and we prioritize what is most important to the health and success of our overall financial well-being. So let's walk through this priority of money. There are five priorities, and we're going to walk through each of them. So the first priority is your needs, your necessities. This is the most important and top priority with your money because these are the things that you need in order to survive and to maintain your livelihood. This is, you know, keeping a roof over your head through paying your rent or your mortgage. This is your utilities to keep you warm or cool or clean. So think like your electric bill, your heating bill, your water bill. This also includes keeping yourself fed. So groceries, not eating out. Eating out actually goes into another priority, but Basic groceries. Also, things like prescription medications and necessary medical expenses would also go into this priority. Also in the needs category are expenses that are necessary to incur to keep your livelihood intact. So if you have to drive your car to get to your job, the gas that you put into your car would be considered a need because you need that in order to show up to your job, make money, maintain your livelihood. So with this first priority, When you're evaluating if something goes here, you need to ask and answer the question, is this an expense that I need to incur to meet my basic human needs for survival and to keep my livelihood intact? If the answer to that question is yes, then it's a need and those expenses take first priority with your money. The second priority are your minimum debt obligations. So these are the debt payments that you are obligated to make each month which means like your car payment, your student loan payments, personal loan payments, payments to credit cards that have a revolving balance that you're working to pay off. Now, remember, your mortgage, even though mortgage is considered a debt, that would actually go in your needs, in your first priority. Now, this is your second priority with your money because after meeting your most basic and important needs, we have to make sure that you're not falling behind on your debt obligations. Because when you do fall behind on meeting your debt obligations, you start getting charged late fees and interest, your credit score starts to drop, it's stressful, it's just not a good situation. So this is why meeting your minimum debt obligations is your second priority. 
Now, I do want to mention that what I teach in this priority is to only make your minimum payments, nothing above and beyond that, because any extra payments that you want to be making towards your consumer debt to get it paid off faster than simply just making the minimum payments would actually come in the next and third priority, which is funding your financial goals. This priority, the third priority, is all about paying yourself first. And it will ensure that you are much more successful at hitting your financial goals that you set for yourself. So most of us have gone through the experience of setting a financial goal, but then not hitting it. And often the reason that we didn't hit the goal was not for a lack of financial resources, but rather it was a lack of planning and prioritization. Many people will say like, okay, I want to pay off my student loans in two years. And it's like, great. That's a really clear goal. You know how much your loans are, and you have a timeline that you want to accomplish the goal in. But then it actually comes down to prioritizing and the execution of the goal, which is where it usually falls apart for most people. So let's talk about that so that that doesn't have to happen with you. With this third priority, you're going to pick one financial goal that you want to focus on right now. And yes, just one. You're going to throw all of your energy and your financial resources towards that goal that is needed to hit the goal in the timeline that you've set for yourself. And once you accomplish that goal, then you can move on to the next. But again, just focus on one goal at a time. So you're going to pick the goal and you're going to determine the amount that you need. And you're going to divide that amount by your timeline in months. And when you do this, this will give you a monthly contribution amount that you need to be making or funding towards the goal each month. So as an example, let's say you have a goal to save up a $20,000 home down payment in a year and a half, 18 months. So what you would do is you would take the $20,000 and you would divide it by 18 for 18 months, and you would get a monthly contribution amount of around $1,100 that you would need to save each month to hit the goal. So that roughly $1,100 contribution towards your goal becomes the third priority with your money. You're going to meet your needs, you're going to meet your minimum debt obligations, and then you're going to fund your financial goal. And when you can do this, when you can pay yourself first, this will ensure that you hit every single financial goal that you set out to accomplish. This prioritization is what 90% of people do not do, which is why many people are not successfully hitting the financial goals that they set for themselves because they say with their words, like, oh, I want to pay off my student loans in 18 months. But when you actually look at their plan and their actions, it does not at all reflect that goal. When you manage your money with this priority, it does. You can fund your goal and you can spend what's left instead of going on a spending spree and then putting what's left, which oftentimes isn't much, if anything at all, towards your goal. That's the third priority. Now, the fourth priority is saving for future expenses. Y'all know that I am a YNAB fan. You need a budget. It is the budgeting software that I use and I'm in every single day. And YNAB actually refers to this as embracing your true expenses. A lot of other people call these sinking funds. But this is the part of your financial plan and priority where you are being proactive versus reactive. We're not just concerned with today or this week. But what we're doing is we're looking ahead a month, a couple of months, and even in some cases, even a year down the road. And we're asking ourselves the question, okay, what expenses do I know are coming my way that I need to start getting ready for now? 
These are expenses that might not happen every month, but instead they happen sporadically or they only happen once a year or a couple times a year. So think of things like traveling, home repairs, car repairs, expenses for your pets, your kids, insurance premiums, gifts, donations, annual subscriptions that you subscribe to. Guys, listen, doing this step is a game changer because it puts you in a place of control. No longer are you going to be in this constant crap mode. Crap mode, what I call it, is crap. I forgot about this. Crap. I forgot about that. And let's be honest, a lot of these things and expenses are things that happen every single year. Like They're not totally and completely out of the blue. One of my least favorite things that I always hear people say is, is they're like, Ugh, I can never get ahead. There's just always something. Have you ever heard someone say that? The reality is that, yes, for most people, there is, quote, always something. But what we also fail to be honest with others about and ourselves about is that the somethings are things that happen every single year or they are bound to happen at some point. And we act like it's the money's fault. But really, it's just us not being prepared and as proactive as we can be. If we simply put a little bit of thought and a little bit of effort and planning into it, we know that the somethings are coming. Our annual car registration, paying our Amazon Prime membership, taking your dog to get their physical and vaccinations at the same time every year. They're not really out of the blue, but many of us act like they are. And in my community, I love to challenge my students and my clients by saying, let's not act surprised by the things that we know are coming. Let's put the time and the effort in ahead of time to look ahead, to plan, to be ready and prepared. Let's play offense with our finances instead of just spending the entire game playing defense. Because playing defense for the entire game is exhausting. That is no fun. With this fourth priority, that is where you take care of these things. You create your sinking funds and you do the same thing as we did in priority three. You can figure out how much you're going to need and by when. And you start saving accordingly each month so that you will have the money that you need when you need it. For my husband and I, we have about 10 of these categories. We have one for our house, for our cars, for our dogs, insurance, traveling, gift and donations, subscriptions. And I have an amount that I contribute towards these buckets each month. So here's an example. We have one for our pets. And last week, in fact, we took our puppies in for their annual physical and wellness check, right? They got their like annual tune-up. Well, $630 later, we were checking out of the vet with our two puppies who had gotten all of their shots and all of their tests. And our older dog, Ellie, has some medications that she has to take. So all of that was refilled for a while and we just got them all tuned up. And let me tell you, like, it's so amazing to be able to go to the vet and have the vet say, okay, that'll be $630. And they're just kind of like watching you, like waiting for your reaction, waiting for you to flinch. Because I'm sure, honestly, that's what they're used to a lot. But it's so amazing that instead I just get to look at her and go, okay, great, thank you, and hand over my card to make the payment. Because I save $100 a month towards Ellie and Poppy that covers things like this. And I know that every single May that they're going to go to the vet and get their tune-ups and all their shots, and there's going to be a big vet bill that we're going to have to pay for. And instead of acting surprised about it every single May, instead, I embrace it. I plan for it. And I am excited to pay that money because, again, I'm on the offense. I'm not playing catch-up and playing defense. 
Start doing this with your money, okay? Start doing this and see how it transforms your relationship with money and how it also changes the way that you feel when you get to spend money that you've planned for from a place of peace and calmness and preparedness as opposed to panic and surprise. So I will say, heads up, I always get a ton of questions about sinking funds. And I know that there's a lot more detail and questions that I could go into just on this one topic and answer here. But I want you to know that I will be doing a future episode all about sinking funds. So do not worry, more detail on how it's all managed and organized, that will be coming in a future episode. But for now, you just have a general idea of what they are, the purpose they serve, and the benefit to having them. The fifth and final priority with your money is what I call the fun money. You can really think of these as your wants, which is the opposite of needs, meaning things and expenses that are not vital to survival, but rather they add the fun, the life, the color into your life. These are the things like going to dinner with friends and concert tickets and a beautiful new blouse that you absolutely love or the eyeshadow palette, home decor, things like that. Now, I do want to make this disclaimer loud and clear that just because this is the last and final priority does not mean that you can't spend money here. You can, and I want you to. I want you to be using your money to buy things that make you genuinely happy and make your life fun and interesting. But we're going to do that, ensuring that all the other priorities have been covered first. And I understand some of you want to push against me on this. We're so quick to say, like, but I don't want to have to sacrifice. I want to be able to spend money on the fun things. This priority doesn't mean that you have to completely sacrifice all of the fun stuff. You can still have the fun stuff and keep things interesting with your finances, even with this priority. I will tell you this, from someone who has done both, I have managed my finances for a while where the fun money comes first and where it also comes last. And I know it seems counterintuitive, but let me tell you, I am so much happier when the fun money comes last rather than first. For a while, items that went in the fun category used to take top priority with my money. It was like eating out, happy hours, shopping, jewelry, beauty supplies, like all of the things used to come first with my money and with my finances. And then I would scramble to come up with what I needed to pay my basic bills, like my cell phone and my electric bill. And I would also have to scrape together what I needed to just make the minimum payments on all my student loans. And for a long time, I didn't change because I was just like, oh, well, it's just so much more fun to be able to spend my money on all the fun things, quote unquote. But I was also at the same time incredibly stressed and incredibly frustrated because I wasn't making any financial progress towards my goals. But now that I've flipped my priority and these things actually come last in the lineup, I'm still spending money on these things, but I get to enjoy them so much more. And I'm also so much more intentional about what I buy and what I spend money on. And when I do spend the money on the fun items, I'm really able to enjoy them and savor them and soak them in because I know that I bought them not at the expense of my future financial well-being. I get to buy these things and enjoy these things through the lens of not being financially stressed out to the max and also knowing that I'm buying these things while still taking care of my future self, which then it really becomes a win-win scenario. So those are the five financial priorities. Let's recap. First come needs, then come your minimum debt obligations. 
Then comes funding your financial goals. Fourth is saving for future expenses, aka your sinking funds. And then fifth and final, whatever is left over after you've done all that, you can knock yourself out with whatever is left over on fun money, your wants. Let's wrap up this episode by talking about how to actually execute this. I'm going to tell you how I do this. First and foremost, YNAB. I mean, I don't know how many times I got to shout my praises and just my utter obsession for YNAB on here, you guys, but just YNAB. Okay, again, YNAB stands for You Need a Budget. It's the budgeting software I use. I will actually put a link to YNAB in the show notes of this episode. You can try YNAB free for 34 days. And if you use my link, if you end up subscribing, it will actually get you an extra free month. But for those of you who need a good solid system to make a plan for your money and to execute these priorities, I can't recommend YNAB enough. So I'll put that link in the show notes. But my YNAB budget has these five priorities in order with the appropriate expenses within each category. So at the top of my budget is my needs. And so when you look at needs, it's like, okay, our mortgage payment, our utilities, our prescription medications, things like that. My husband and I actually don't have any consumer debt anymore. We used to with student loans, but we've paid those off. But with the way YNAB handles credit cards, I always track what's going on my credit card so that I have exactly what I need to pay them off in full. And so that section of my budget kind of takes the place of the priority two. But then underneath that, I have priority three, which is a line item where we earmark and we fund what we need to hit whatever financial goal it is that we're working on at that point in time. Underneath that, I have all of my sinking funds where I'm making my monthly contributions and I can also see exactly how much money I have dedicated towards each sinking fund. It tracks all the inflows and outflows in and out of those pools of money. And then underneath that, I have a section with all of our wants and fun money, eating out, entertainment, beauty, things like that. So when we're paid, what happens is new money comes in. And if you're a YNAB user, you know that when that happens, you have a big green bubble at the top of your screen, which is basically YNAB telling you, hey, you have inflow and money that you need to do something with and assign. So what I do is I start at the very top of my budget and I say, okay, what needs to be funded? And I start at the top with our needs. I fund all of our needs and I continue to work my way down in order. And as I'm doing this, the green bubble at the top of my screen is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the goal ultimately is to get it to zero, which essentially means you've assigned all of your money. I fund our needs. I fund our financial goals. I fund all of our sinking funds. I keep working my way down through the budget. And then once I get to the fifth and final section of the wants, I can see exactly how much money we have left. And that's how much money I know that we have to spend on all the fun stuff. And I get to spend that money knowing that everything else is taken care of. And like I said, I'm not spending any of that money at the expense of our future financial well-being. So at a very quick and high level, that's what it looks like, you guys. But I will tell you that it is such an amazing feeling to be in control of your money and to have an intentional plan for it, to direct and instruct every single dollar on where it's going to go and the purpose it's going to serve for you, whether that dollar is going to go towards keeping a roof over your head, or if it's going to go towards paying a student loan, or if it's going to go to the new eyeshadow palette. Great. But let's just be intentional about it. Let's spend our money there, but let's also not let the eyeshadow palettes of the world completely take over and consume our potential for covering our needs and getting out of debt and saving for our future selves. 
it's all possible. It is possible to do all and have it all, but there has to be intentional planning and there also has to be balance. So that is what I have for you this week in making a priority for your money. I know a lot of people have never heard of this concept before. They've never thought to manage their money and their finances in this way. So I hope that this episode has been enlightening to you and it's offered you a different perspective on how you can manage this moving forward. All right, you all. I love you all so dearly. Have such an amazing week. I will see you next Tuesday in next week's episode. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.